Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Without doubt in my mind, integrity and role models, they're at the very top of the list of qualities that I expect in a leader. And I see in those leaders who really shine above others. But others, other issues or other tenets or qualities of these leaders include a vision and currency of ideas. They know what their systems are. They know the business and how that business fits into the broader ecosystem. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 285 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Ian Stewart. Ian Stewart was the 19th Commissioner of the Queensland Police Service from 2012 until his retirement in 2019. Mr Stewart was a career police officer with over 45 years of service, having joined the Queensland Police in 1973. At the time of his retirement, the Queensland Police Department had an annual budget in excess of 2 billion Australian dollars, with over 400 establishments and more than 15,000 staff. As Commissioner, Mr Stewart led the largest renewal and restructure program of the Queensland Police in over 30 years. He was responsible for the successful security arrangements of the 2014 G20 Leaders Summit meetings and the 2018 Commonwealth Games. He was the inaugural State Disaster Coordinator in Queensland, successfully responding to the unprecedented disaster season in 2010 and 11. And as Commissioner, he was responsible for the police response to a range of natural disasters. Mr Stewart has been recognised by a range of awards for his policing service. In 2020, he was made an Officer of the Order of Australia for his services to policing and the community. Mr Stewart is the recipient of honorary doctorates from the University of Southern Queensland, Griffith University and Charles Sturt University. He holds a Master of Public Policy and Administration and a Bachelor of Business Qualifications and is a Fellow of the Institute of Public Administration of Australia. He is an adjunct professor at Griffith University and in September 2019, Mr Stewart was appointed by the Premier of Queensland as the State Recovery Coordinator for the Southern and Eastern Queensland bushfires, a role he completed with the publishing of the State Recovery Plan in March 2020. He is the current President of the Institute of Public Administration Australia, Queensland Division, and a member of several boards. So Ian, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Thanks very much for joining us. Tom, thank you, and wonderful to be talking to your very wide audience. Thanks, Ian. So let's get started. I'm very curious to hear a little bit more about your background, Ian, and what led to your passion and lifelong experience in serving the community. Tom, it started with a wonderful family upbringing. I grew up in rural Queensland in a place called Toowoomba. My family had a great basis in service and a sense of duty 
both to the community and to our very broad and large family. I must admit, I wasn't an excellent student, but I loved team sports. I also loved testing boundaries at all times. So that really gave me a great start in life. I learned very early in life that as one door closes, another one opens. Mm. And I took advantage of that many times. I wanted a life that challenged me. And ultimately, the police service was a very good fit. It allowed me to serve in different places, to do different things every day. It supported me while I learned the trade of policing or the profession of policing. And it relatively, it paid quite well for a person just starting out in life. I suppose I saw the best and worst of life. I found it very easy to help people and was often conflicted by the limited views of others that I met both inside and outside of policing. I rode the wave of change in Queensland post our anti-corruption inquiry in the late 1980s and I saw personal development as a way forward. I pursued both formal and informal studies and experience in my career. I realised the need for diversity of thought and action and always striving for world's best practice, not just local or state best practice or even national best practice, but world's best practice. I saw the positives in what we call consensual policing, meaning policing where the community has confidence and respect for their police agency mm. and work with them, not against them, so that ultimately we have a safer society. I realised very early that respect is very much earned and is a fragile thing to be valued. I became focused on the future of law enforcement, technological and societal change, and the need to act cooperatively to achieve positive outcomes for all. I really saw my life and my role as a privilege to serve, and ultimately that will never change. So many deep lessons there, I'm sure over those 45 years of service, Ian, and, and a lot of what you're saying there is just so relative to your experience in leadership and the lessons you've learned there. And look, you're now the president at IPA Queensland. So could you please tell us a little bit more about this particular organisation's purpose and its future plans? Because there's some really exciting things there too. So the Institute of Public Administration Australia, the Queensland branch is what I am the president of, is an independent and therefore a political not-for-profit professional association. We're part of a national federation and we've been around for a very long time. In fact, I've been a member of IPA for well over 30 years wow. and enjoyed every moment of it. It's been a real strength to me because the mission has basically not changed in a long time. And our mission is to advance the capability, integrity and professionalism of public administration and to promote pride in service, which I, we'll talk about a little bit later. Mm. In Queensland, we do this for a strategic program of thought leadership events and certainly curated digital content has been seminal, particularly in the last year and a half, to being able to do that, bearing in mind that we, like most other agencies and organisations, have had to move into the technological mm. world in providing our services to our members. We certainly provide opportunities for professional development. We enhance the positive reputation of public purpose effort by ensuring that we show that we work in a safe and trusted place for robust, honest, courageous discussions. This comes down to the basic premise of public servants who are able to give courageous, honest advice to others, no matter what 
the what the outcome is. We certainly acknowledge and have been acknowledged for the strength of our partnerships and capacity for bringing together the public purpose ecosystem. We've recognised that working with partner agencies, whether that's in the private sector, other government agencies at all levels of government, the educational system, particularly the tertiary institutions, bringing those and the not-for-profit sector together to achieve our purposes and be of value to their purpose as well. Of course, we do this through growing our membership. We engage individuals and organisations across all of those parts of the ecosystem of, of the business world. And certainly that is fundamental to us sharing our knowledge, our experience with others and learning from them at the same time. We've got a number of upcoming activities. For instance, White Box Enterprises is co-hosting next year's Social Enterprise World Forum. And in mid-November, we'll be hosting a roundtable for government leaders on social procurement, along with White Box Enterprises. We are hosting a webinar on leadership in late November in partnership with Ernst & Young with a, a very notable Australian leader, Angus Houston. At the end of November, we also have the privilege of hosting the National IPA Conference in Brisbane. It's a 2021 national conference and certainly it will be a wonderful event that's looking at service transformation and delivering positive change to clients and communities, certainly a way of challenging thinking and keeping informed. Lastly, in early December, a webinar on changing design and delivery of health services in partnership with Deloitte's as part of a future of government series that we conduct. We're not sitting on our hands and we certainly are very busy as a branch of IPA in Australia. And we work collaboratively, obviously, with all of the other jurisdictions across Australia to provide this wonderful information and experience for our public purpose workers. Absolutely. And look, there's an amazing array of events that you've just listed there in, which I think just really talks to the quality of the conversations that you're creating and the opportunities there around around professional development and broader development of, of the ecosystem and work for, for public good there. I must admit, I'm particularly excited by those social procurement talks and, and very excited by all of the activities that are really happening in the lead up to the Social Enterprise World Forum in September of 2022 in Australia. So it's absolutely fantastic to have IPA on board there. Now, earlier this year too, IPA held the CEO and Young Professionals Breakfast and packed out City Hall in Brisbane with what must have been at least 400 odd people there for some robust discussion. There was a really strong panel of young social entrepreneurs which basically shared their experience and insights into shaping public policy and leading with purpose. What for you, Ian, were some of the key takeaways with that particular event around youth, social enterprise and social innovation? Thank you. And this is a really great question because our CEO and Young Professional Breakfast is one of our signature events each year. We consistently pack the hall, so to speak, in terms of conducting this wonderful event. I think the key to it is that it allows our CEOs, not just government CEOs, but our CEOs from government and from partner agencies to come together, particularly with the up-and-coming young professionals in their organisations, to sit around and listen to speakers from a really diverse range of backgrounds and 
with a, a very diverse range of messages. This year, in early 2021, we featured Camille Soker Clerk, founder of Bloom Impact Investing, Will Smith Stubbs, co-founder of Spur, Sabrina Chikori, the founder of the Brisbane Tool Library, Taj Prabhari was our fourth speaker, and he's the founder and CEO of the Australian School of Entrepreneurship. If there's one single takeaway uh, from this event this year, is that anyone, regardless of age or background, can make a difference, because certainly these four outstanding young Australians have certainly been able to do that. Their stories encompass financial investing to save the planet, a deeply personal story of tackling mental health and well-being of young people, mm. including your suicide libraries, for sharing and reusing all kinds of things in support of a circular economy and programs to foster the imagination and entrepreneurial skills of young people for a future world. I, I think it was just an outstanding event and very well curated, I must admit, as well. We always find people who do a wonderful job in that regard, and but, but ultimately a terrific reminder that we're all in this together. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great overview there. And for our listeners here, I certainly use that search bar on our website and you'll find podcasts with many of those young entrepreneurs that Ian has just mentioned there. They're all doing some great work. And in fact, Camille Socket Clerks just closed an angel investment round of $650,000 to take Bloom Impact Investing to the next level. So we're really excited for her and this new milestone too. Moving on, I think there's some fantastic opportunities for the public sector to really better respond to some of the globe's most pressing issues. Where do you personally see some of these opportunities arising right now? I think that the simple question is, where do you start? I think perhaps in a general sense, it's all about changing the way we think about providing services to our communities. And I am talking about the minds of public purpose workers. I think we all agree that addressing some of society's most pressing needs cannot be achieved with silo mentality. The idea that one agency or even one government can fix some of these absolutely complex issues. Mm. We can think of things like climate change, social disadvantage, basic human rights, overpopulation, the plight of our First Nations people, poverty, gender, and even, <laughs> believe it or not, pandemics and how they affect yeah. different parts of our community. I think we're on the journey, Tom. I really do. I think within public purpose work, we're seeing new ways of thinking, inclusiveness and diversity uh, as part of the answer. We're seeing a different way of engaging across the entire ecosystem of our communities, providing an authorising environment that allows new ideas to be trialled, accepted, certainly understanding that others have different ways of doing business that mm. can be better, and yeah. we've got to recognise and acknowledge that. I think that we, as a public conglomerate, can certainly show that we're open to these relationships, that we can certainly put a plan together that all those who wish to have a stake in it can work to and be aligned in their efforts. Because ultimately, I think that what people are looking for are role models. And I am sure that that's an area that public purpose workers can really demonstrate and take a lead in. What really resonates there is the complexity of these systemic issues and the complexity of the responses that are required to really tackle some of these problems. And look, you speak of role models too, Ian, and you've worked with some of the nation's best known leaders. 
So what is it that you've observed to be as some of the fundamental qualities of successful leaders? It's a subject that we could talk about all day. But the reality is, without doubt in my mind, integrity and role models, they're at the very top of the list of qualities that I expect in a leader. And I see in those leaders who really shine above others. But other issues or other tenets or qualities of these leaders include a vision and currency of ideas. They know what their systems are, their business, and how that business fits into the broader ecosystem. They're supported. They, without exception, are focused on diversity, inclusion, and supporting their people. They're compassionate. They accept failure, knowing that we learn more from failure than we ever will from success. Mm. Uh, They're motivators, always stretching themselves and others. They're risk takers. They accept that not every decision will be a positive one, but they're prepared to learn from that. More than anything else, they're developers of leaders. They spend significant effort on providing opportunities for future leaders to grow. And certainly, I would hope that's something that IPA is renowned for, and that we continue to provide opportunities for future leaders to develop. There's some great chunks of gold in there, Ian, and just found myself nodding as I listened to you there, particularly when it comes around integrity and, and, and role modeling and providing those opportunities for the future leaders too. So Ian, look, you've come across many different projects and, and inspiring initiatives too, but what have you come across recently, which you believe is creating some fantastic positive social change? I'm going to actually reach back a couple of years for this example because I think it's really seminal. When Queensland hosted the Commonwealth Games in 2018, it became very well known right from the start in the development of the plans for the Commonwealth Games that our governments had certainly required that the procurement of services and goods for the conducting of the Games had to include uh, a target percentage of services and goods from enterprises owned and operated by Australia's First Nation peoples. I think that this was probably one of the great wake-up calls of that experience, of mm. those, of that event. People realised that this was a wonderful thing to do and certainly added, I think, to the tone and the flavour of the Games, bearing in mind that many of the agencies, enterprises that provided those goods and services certainly fitted the social enterprise and social entrepreneurs' definition. I think it proved for all time that these opportunities and certainly government-led opportunities can have a very positive effect in the mainstream. There are plenty of other more recent examples that I could give, and even one of my local community organisations, Sandbag, out of Sandgate, that has a social enterprise that provides park maintenance. It's an award-winning program that's been going on for a number of years, very quietly. Um, unobtrusively, but it works. Certainly inclusive employment opportunities across the spectrum. So a shout out to them. Yeah, it's a great local example, Ian. And I think just highlighting the procurement opportunities around those Commonwealth Games is a great reminder for the opportunity that we have here in the lead up to the 2032 Brisbane Paralympic and Olympic Games as well. And what an opportunity here for us to look at how we best procure in the lead up and create that change that way. Following on to that, we've got the time to put the infrastructure and the processes in place to ensure that occurs to a much higher degree than what we even saw in the Commonwealth Games. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's going to be an exciting journey in the lead up. But to, to finish off, Ian, I'm really keen to hear what books or other resources would you recommend to our listeners? I think one of the things that you realise uh, in life is that you learn something new every day. There's just one book I'm going to mention because I think the experiences we have and the fact that people stretch themselves and listen and are prepared to listen to new ideas, I think that's really important. For instance, this interview, I hope that many people will listen, not to judge, but to think about what's being said and mm. to allow that little thought to creep in and perhaps be the kernel of a great idea down the track. There is a very well-known international economist by the name of Mariana Mazzucuto. Ah, oh, yes. And she's just finished a book. In fact, it was published in February of this year called Mission Economy, A Moonshot Guide to Changing Capitalism. Mm. And it's really saying, uh, as many other economists say, that we've got to rethink our international economy. We've got to rethink the role of government at that level. And we've got to put public purpose first and to solve the problems that matter to the people. That's fundamentally what her book is about. She's very entertaining and I would certainly recommend it to all of your listeners. It absolutely is a great book. And uh, look, we would love to have Mariana on the podcast in, a, in an upcoming episode, that's for sure, because she does really tackle some really great issues in, in her work. So it's a great recommendation, Ian. And look, I just thank you again for your really generous insights and time today and, and for your huge contribution and service over the years, Ian. It's been a great example of strong leadership and we'll look forward to tracking your journey as you continue and, and the work of Vipa Queensland as well. Thanks, Tom. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.